Hey everybody, welcome to episode 6 of Spike Drop, we're a competitive Valorant podcast. Kick Tripod here with Yiska and Volamel to bring you all that sweet Valorant beta action. Uh, we're good, good. That good, good Valorant beta action. We're like, what now? Five weeks? Five weeks in? Mm-hmm. Uh, to the beta at this six, point, six maybe even six, something like yeah. that. Yeah, it's it's been it's been over a month for sure, and <laughs> uh, man, it's uh, still going pretty strong. I gotta say, uh, it's you know you you always every time there's a new game out, right? You always have the influx of new players, and the streamers kind of go do their other things. But I think Valorant overall is like retained decently well. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think so. I think yep. I would still kind of put it in the honeymoon side era of kind of side of things. But yeah, for sure. I mean, it's doing well. I kind of expected it to, but yeah, happy, happy things are going kind of a according to according to projections. Yeah. So um, that's going on. Uh, let's uh, let's let's just get started with the, the housekeeping stuff. Uh, you can follow the show twitch.tv slash kick tripod. Twitter.com slash spike drop and YouTube at youtube.com slash spike drop. We got that pretty URL, custom URL now. Just go look for spike drop. And uh, we're, you know, we're there now. That's great. Next stop, I think, is what? We have to get a thousand subs and like 40,000 viewer minutes and then we can monetize. Woo. Uh, so that'll, that'll probably be a while. We're up to uh, almost 200 subs though on that channel. So that's actually been, uh, growing pretty quick. So if you like the show, um, you know, go sub on the YouTube helps a ton. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, big thanks to blue for the intro and outro music. Uh, go, go follow her on Twitch. Baby F K N B L U baby F blue. I, I can't, that's the thing is I can't say go follow baby f blue at baby f blue. I can't because then you don't know what to do. <laughs> you don't know what to go to, but that's where you need to go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Other than that, we are on all the audio channels like, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, podcast, Attic, Google podcast, everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. So, uh, you can literally get the show anywhere. And in fact, uh, Joe, fun fact, did you know that there are about as many people listening to the audio version of this show as Tactical Crouch? Really? I yeah. did not know that. That's actually pretty cool. Glad to see that people are getting getting in early with Valor and Esports, and uh, hopefully we can we can be a home for all things Valorant uh, competitive esports, uh, you know, tournament things and stuff like that. We can be your home for that stuff. Yeah. Socrates asked if this is live. No, it is not. This is not live. <laughs> yeah, no. Kind of live, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Let's go ahead. Let's uh, jump into the news. No, wrong one. That one. Too many buttons. Too many buttons. All right. Uh, first big one. Well, it's not really the first big one, but kind of cool. Friend of the show uh, from our Overwatch days, uh, Dennis, also known as Baroy, uh, has over the past few weeks launched his uh, website, cyphercam.org. 
And uh, so for those who don't know, uh, like Dennis has a really rich history and like, um, like, uh, that, like there's, it's an AI with multiple neural networks that go over like thousands of hours of gameplay um, and grab stats and insights from those gameplay. It's, it's, it's really fascinating. I mean, he's a huge brain. So he did this for, uh, I guess I didn't know this, but he did it for esports betting for a while and just made money doing that. And then, mm-hmm. uh, made Winston's lab, which, um, had some pretty big investors behind it. And he was so successful with it that the Toronto defiant brought him on as their analyst. Uh, to, to do it specifically for them. So, uh, but we, we kind of got a little bit more of an insight of what CypherCam is doing, what the plans are. And Yiska, I know for you specifically, you love these types of stats things. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> the inside already with the ultimate statistics and whatnot, like, yes, a lot of that could be copied over from Winston's lab, that doesn't make it not like the best stats tool that I've seen, at least. Like, the, the analytical information you get, like, what kind of ultimate wins here the most rounds, which pro- pro- probably, like, depending, and you can filter for the map, that's also important, but gives you information who to give the orbs to, or who to give the diffuse to. These types of things. And um, that stuff definitely is amazing um the the player stuff is amazing of course there's a lot of different tournaments and they they kind of have not crystallized what the what the best tournaments or teams or players are but like he already has these match stats in there and then also player stats which is pretty cool as well like on top of everything else right so um already a super powerful tool and only scales exponentially with the uh, data fed into it. So definitely looking forward to what's that. It's interesting. I think, and I think we saw this with Winston's lab and and, uh, dream actually said this too, um, is we learned a lot about the fundamentals of overwatch and competitive overwatch through like stats and insights from early on Winston's lab. And I think we're doing the same thing with CypherCam. I think later on, it's a lot more just kind of data junkieing. And there's like, you have to kind of really dig deep and, and find and hope that you can find some sort of actual strong correlative insights and stuff. But like for right now, there's a lot of really good information. Like you're seeing pick rates, you know, uh, be, be, like heavily um, influenced by uh, their win rates, and, and and you're seeing that in in the game right now, and, and just even things like that, I think is is just really interesting to see. Um, and I think Cyphercam like is kind of uh, kind of leading the charge in that um, arena. Although we don't know what the Valorant API is going to do, right? We do know that there is going to be one. True. Uh, and I, I know Dennis said that the, like he plans on using the Valorant API stuff if, and when it comes available and it's, you know, the right kind of info. Cause like Overwatch had an API, but it didn't really grab any of those numbers. And then, um, especially esports API, like 
they don't really have one. Now we finally have uh, Stats Lab, right? Mm -hmm. And it's it's still kind of hard to pull raw data from unless like you have all the right tools and it's just kind of I don't know not not my favorite implementation on it but it's better than nothing I guess I would say yeah sure I think I think they were gathering API access or um, or they were, were taking signups already very early I remember like four or five weeks back they were already saying if you want to do anything please apply to us and then we might talk about it and um that's already it's if they actually give you full api access and you can just tinker around with that stuff that's uh that's pre-release better than overwatch yep. like instantly that's that's kind of what i'm excited with is to see like a fully unlocked broy because again like going back like listening to him talk about what he could do with like not full access but even just a little bit more access than what blizzard was giving him with overwatch like it was some wizardry i i i stand by the idea that you know knowledge and technology at some point is just like some arcane magic stuff that i'm like i don't care you don't have to explain it to me just you know give me the end result and turn that water into wine and you know i'll be sipping on that so i'll be i'll be very excited if uh Cypher Cam and Broy in general just get in and get access and start cranking out some crazy stuff. I remember, uh, did you know that Overwatch League Daily was on the front page of Winston's Lab for a while? Mm -hmm. And actually, Tactical Crouch still technically is on, I think, the it front is, page yeah. of Winston's Lab. Yeah, theoretically, yeah. The, like, yeah, I, don't, I don't think it gets a lot of traffic anymore. Um, I, go on and, I go on there every once in a while. Gotta gotta double check some things and stuff. Go back and check out the old stats. Probably the only one. Yeah. It constantly yeah. tells me it's not safe. I'm yeah. yeah. <laughs> it does that for me too. My, my antivirus is like, hey, are you sure you want to go here? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm positive. It's okay. Oh, that's funny. Click the ads, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. But yeah, Cyphercam, if you're a stats nerd, if you want to get into Valorant early, frequent that. Frequent that site for sure. Yep. A lot to be gleaned from. I feel like you can make amazing content like on YouTube and stuff too, mm -hmm. just from the insights that you grab from Cypher Camp. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Baroy actually joined joined chat and he says to click the ads on Winston's lab. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I I I don't know if I recommend it. I don't know. Can take five, five bucks. Google AdSense money, you know? Click the ad, click the out. ads on Cypher Cam. That too. Should be the same, right? Anyways. Yeah, so that was cool. It was cool insight. Um, Dennis asked why we didn't have him on the show, and uh, good question. Maybe for next week. Well. Um, really? Is that, is, that, is that how it works? <laughs> can, can you do that? Do what? Was, was, was he allowed the, to? Was the defined OAM person for pr one of the 13 let go or like is that just the reins are off if that works like, of course nice let's go <laughs> roy's always a huge 900 iq brain to sit and yeah run things by for sure be a good time be a good time uh cool 
Um, yeah, so really cool blog post on that. Um, let's let's talk about. We had another blog post. This one was from the uh, the Valorant team on Peeker's advantage and ranked. Um, the uh, so the one of the things that Valorant was originally um toted as is having um i remember it as essentially being peaker's advantage is going to be less of a thing than any other fps before it was how i felt that they they positioned it without going back and verifying any of that just like that's kind of what i felt that they had said I feel like some people heard their comments on Peeker's Advantage and say that Peeker's Advantage wouldn't be a thing in the game. Which I think was... Misguided. Misguided from the beginning. Yeah. So they uh, put together a blog post to just kind of explain Peeker's Advantage, how it happens, and how they're trying to mitigate it. Um, and the first, uh, there is the, the first uh, paragraph, I think sums up kind of Peeker's advantage really well. He goes until not, he goes, they go until humanity learns to move faster than the speed of light. Peeker's advantage is never going away. It's something that exists for all games. That being said, our goal is to minimize it as much as possible in Valorant. Philosophically, we believe the less Peeker's advantage there is the more tactical, tactical, the game's meta becomes. So, um, essentially, Peeker's advantage, and correct me if I'm wrong here, um, but essentially, if you are the first one to make a move into a frame, to make a move to shoot somebody or to position yourself to shoot somebody, Mm -hmm. you have the advantage because there's a time in the network from uh, when your enemies. Yeah, from when your enemy's client updates with your position, right? So you can see them, but hypothetically, there's like uh, like uh, 17.5 milliseconds is 70% mm. of the player population. Yeah. Uh, so there's a 17.5 millisecond delay from when you actually turn the corner to when, hypothetically the other person could see you if they had instantaneous uh, reflexes. I think that's that's one-way network lag. Um, average human reaction time is 240 milliseconds. Uh, anyways, so so the idea is, is that you have the advantage by, by making the move. And there's been complaints that they feel that Peeker's advantage right now in Valorant is worse than some of uh, its counterpart, specifically CSGO. So um, I don't know. What like what what do you guys think on this? Do you have you noticed any like for me, I don't think I'm good enough <laughs> yeah, to to, to say like, oh man, that peaker's advantage, yo. Yeah, like, I'm 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 never the person to be like, oh if, drat, I have my my 60 FPS monitor is really, you know, bogging me down and darn that seven extra milliseconds lag really got me there. Like, I don't know, like I just didn't cross our place. Like I, I go back to like the fundamentals and blame myself rather than like looking at that. And maybe I'm incorrect for doing that. I think we talked about that um, not so long ago when we were doing some reaction test things, but in, and maybe that's my own naivety. Um, yeah, I don't, 
I don't know. I, I don't know enough about network latency and frame this, that. I don't know the technical side of this. So it's completely, I don't, I don't think it means a lot, but there again, maybe I'm just the idiot in the room. Yeah, no, I think it's like, I always felt it was pretty big. Um, the thing is, I'm logically, it makes total sense that it isn't much better than, or mu cannot be much worse than uh, in other games, unless there's something they're not telling us. Sure, sure. Right? So, Pika's Adventure is a thing in every shooter, logically. Mm. But I've, I wonder if there's something else where it feels like very detrimental. Because I feel like holding an angle, unless you're doing like long off angle peaks or like pixel peaks, mm -hmm. feels terrible. Like holding a corner feels awful. Um, I, if I can help it, even defensively, I just jiggle peek it in order to uh, have the advantage eventually. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's that. The the problem really is, uh, as also, also Dream said in in chat, like the same with the cheating uh, situation. Yeah, yeah. Yes, they uh, promised a lot, and then well, they didn't promise anything. They said they had these big. They made it seem like they had these big sweeping solutions to these problems, being Peaker's advantage and cheating. And it turns out not necessarily the case, at least on release. So it's the feeling that. They were going, they had these big systems to kind of combat these things and they're not working um, as, as intended, let's say. But they didn't promise anything, to be fair. They didn't say, we're going to solve cheating in video games. No like, peakers well, advantage. Well, no, obviously. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think that they ever said that, but I, but I agree in the sense that, you know, the, it's, they, they positioned the communication intentionally or not in a way yeah. That made you believe that they had a solution to problems other games couldn't solve. Yeah. I agree with that. Definitely. Yeah. It came across as like aggressive, like we have innovations to show you. And so far, it doesn't really seem like there's much innovation. I won't speak too much on the peakers um, advantage and the frame rate and the interpolation and, you know, the technical side of things. I personally haven't had too much issue with that. But again, maybe I'm just not like I don't know enough about these kind of types of games to be able to figure that out and when it happens to me and when it doesn't. Um, but yeah, the, like the cheating thing in general, it's like, well, not working so great. And you've got it. You know, we, we talked about it last show. So if you want like a more in-depth discussion on, you know, uh, Vanguard and the progression of the narrative around it, not uh, not exactly the the. Uh, Kind of, kind of a false bill of goods feeling. You, yeah. you said one thing, and we're getting something a little different. So, not, not, not my favorite thing ever. Yeah, and betraying expectations is always. It's it. I feel like you make it worse for yourself, even mm -hmm. if you gain maybe a little bit in marketing. It's something that sticks, and then as soon as, uh. Like, you can have an objectively, maybe even slightly better product than the market, mm -hmm. but as long as you're not meeting these expectations, I feel like it seeps into the discourse of the game where people ju will just complain about that stuff nonstop, even though they're probably playing a much crisper experience than whatever other 
competitors okay. are offering. And wonder how smart of a thing that was. With the Pika's advantage, I don't even mind that that much. But like the cheating thing is just taunting, yeah. right? And yeah. that was probably actively dumb to do. Yeah. But we'll see how that turns out. Like there have been some theories I read on the subreddits or like allegedly there are already that, conspiracies abroad. No, allegedly things that developers said where it's just like, yeah, they they don't expect to be cheatless right now. They're just collecting a bunch of stuff, and as soon as it launches. They're just nuking all these access points and something like that. I'm like, okay, if that's how it works, then we'll see. But um, I'd be very surprised. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. When you come out and kind of, like you said, taunt people who are looking to cheat, I feel like that uh, that does nothing but like motivate them. Or it's like, obviously, you know, the whole misinterpretation of of i think what i said last show of you know like trying to pay to get people to cheat like giving them a reward obviously that's not directly the case but you know obviously riot has rewards out to kind of um entice people to to kind of break their system not necessarily in the cheating front but like the network and or mm-hmm. more technical side of things or the, but. yeah the the like the the tertiary technologies that enable mm-hmm. that or um, the vulnerabilities yep. that there are there for them. I'll also straight up tell you, it's, it, come, it comes off differently when it's a company that has exactly one prob- okay. product that it's known for. Exactly yeah. one. And they're just coming onto the market going like, bro, we can you can't cheat our games. And our FGC game, bro? We also will figure that all of that let, uh, latency stuff Still, out. It's like, please, bro. Like, <laughs> at you, least I don't. I don't know that anybody else has like. Maybe I'll just throw this out there, and you you tell me if if you um, have followed it at all. Is anybody caught up with like the Evo Online debacle? No. So does anybody, no. Do you guys understand what Evo is? I won't, yes. I won't. I promise this isn't too crazy. So Evo is like this big like fighting game tournament. It's like probably one of the, the more well-known ones in the world, if not the biggest. And because of COVID, they're having to move it online. And there are games being left out because of like net code and lag problems to just like infrastructurally wrong with the game. So people are like hoping that Riot can like solve that problem and be like a for like a forerunner in terms of like having a fighting game that has relatively good net code and things like that. So again that we we could see that spin that kind of pr spin turn up as that game gets closer to to alpha and beta and whatnot mm-hmm. like oh you know we we had this problem over here with like online net code and lag problems but we've got a solution for that will that actually be the case though i don't know seemingly getting a little bit of hubris from riot at the moment yeah i mean it's it's just yeah it's interesting right it kind of reminds me of like uh, pre pre all of this, and I, I would say even so, like Riot with with League of Legends, Riot is held in pretty high regard as as a game developer. Just thinking from League of Legends only, they come out with TFT. It's a fun game; people gen, gen, generally enjoy it. Um, they you know they're they're expanding rapidly into multiple franchises in the course of like two years and multiple different um game types. And it reminds me a little bit of Blizzard post Starcraft a little bit where it's like the, their previous products 
had had some golden touch to it a little bit and then mm-hmm. you know when now we've got heroes of the storm we've got which for whatever we can say i don't again i'm not saying so much about the game the success of a game on gameplay on itself but it's not a game people talk about anymore might be a good no. game but it's just not a game that people play or talk about and if they do talk about it, it's usually not for good reasons right uh you know so you've, you've got that they they took some PR hits over the past couple of years, and and you just don't want to see Riot starting to do the same thing, where they they kind of built some trust and loyalty, especially sure. I think for people outside of the League of Legends community. So mm-hmm. like for me, I'm not super involved in League of Legends, and I bet you that there's like a hundred people right now chomping at the bit to be like, bro, you haven't played League because we hate this, but we hate this and and this sucks and they can't do this and they can't balance that. I'm sure that there are those things in the same way that, you know, my niece loves and her friends, they love overwatch. I think it's the best thing in the world. And I'd just be like, girl, if only you knew, if only you knew, but that's just not, that's just not the world we live in. Unfortunately. Um, so anyways, I, I don't know. I'm, I think I think that they they swung for the fences a little bit on their marketing speak, and usually it's better to underpromise and overdeliver, or to make a big promise when you're a hundred percent sure you can deliver. Yeah. And so I, I don't think that they quite did that. So I don't think this is like baggage de- detrimental. It definitely is like a PR hit, especially if this continues, like with speakers advantage and, and the cheating aspect of things, but. I don't think it's anything that's going to be like mega detrimental. Like the game isn't going to die over it. It'll just be kind of like a meme point from here on out. Like, aha, Vanguard, you know, going to stop them cheaters. Peekers advantage. Remember <laughs> when we talked about Project A and yeah, no, it's 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 a it's a it's a knock against them, but it's not like game, you know, world end stuff like that. Yeah, we'll see. There there are other things that could happen that definitely mm-hmm. sway me one way or the other with this. But this one's like, eh. They they did announce that they banned just shy of 9,000 cheaters. Which for me feels like a really small number. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Like, I don't, I don't know how big the pool is. Mm-hmm. But I think it was like 8,873 um, cheaters. And, and they kind of touted it as like, don't cheat in the game. And me thinking yep. like, there has to be <laughs> millions playing at this point. And I, I said that last show, I'm like, with how much bad PR they're getting, they're going to come out and ban, like, they're going to get a band wave just to kind of, like, show people, hey, guys, it's working. The system's working as intended. Look, we just banned a bunch of people. Isn't that great? It's working. Like, That's we're not, getting, yeah, we're getting rid of the cheaters. Just, no, it's not. There's no way. It's going to sway opinion. It's going to be like, oh, okay, well, all right. You know, you're doing things. You're, you're making moves. Okay. It's going to put us at ease. It's. It's just to satiate the community instead of like actually doing something. This is it's skimming off the top. That's all. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, ranked. Uh, we did get Ian Fielding uh, is the product manager for the competitive team and uh, took a little time to clarify some things about ranked. The. Oh, yeah. Speak. Um, 50k beta keys per region. I don't, I would need to see the numbers on that. I don't think that's, I don't think that that's the number, but maybe it oh, is. Oh, yeah. Soul banning people. I love how they just develop their own lingo. 
We're going to soul ban you. <laughs> Even if you come back from the dead with the Necronomicon, you're banned still. Like, huh? Yeah. Why does this have to be so edgy? Just hardware ban, IP ban. Like, <laughs> yeah. we already yeah, have this language established. Everything have to be so edgy, dude. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Gonna, yeah, straight to the Shadow Realm. Yep. Uh, yeah. Um, so, so anyways, uh, pre-made sizes for ranks. So right now uh, we're used to this in overwatch where there's no solo queue. There's no duo queue. It's, it's just adaptive up. party size queuing where yeah. you can queue with any size party and they're going to try and uh, match you up against similarly skilled players and mm -hmm. with similarly skilled or similarly sized teams. So if you five stack the chances of you playing against the five stack are high -er. and if you are you know solo or duo queuing the chances of you playing with other players who are solo and duo queuing is also higher as well yiska i hate this really? i i don't like it Okay, then explain I, I, why I hate, yeah, so what, what do you not like about it here's what i hate about dynamic queue and it, it's not that i don't it's not that I hate dynamic queue. I hate uh -huh. that there's not either a solo queue option or a five man queue option. Okay. Um, yep. And the reason why is this number one, I find that when I'm soloing, I get teamed up with four stacks a lot. And then we sure. go up against five stacks or other like four and one stacks. And that's just not like that fun. And, yeah, just... I don't want to play. I don't always want to have to play a game with a group of four friends because I don't have yeah. that many friends. Number one, like let's just totally. be realistic. Uh, but number two, um, all my friends are better than me. So like, it, it's just like, there's all these different reasons. There's no in-game LFG tool. There's no anything there. I just like, I, I, <laughs> I think the skills it takes to be a solo queue player in Valorant is different than what it takes to be a five queue player. And if you're not looking to be a competitive person, I think that uh, there are advantages to um, having some sort of separation in the competitive queues. Mm. I think dy dynamic queue only ever works if the d environment is not serious, then it's yeah. a good idea. Sure. Yeah. 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 Quick, quick play dynamic queue all day long. Fine. And, uh, and also when you're like in CSGO, it's not a, not a huge thing because nobody really cares that much about uh, solo queue rank, right? Like the real sweaty tryouts start probably playing UCA or face yeah. it or whatnot. Right. Yeah. So um, it never really felt that terrible. Other than playing, like when you when you get to play in Europe and you're solo queuing, and it's always four Russians, basically always, every single time, and it's the the problem is that you can't communicate with them. That that is the problem, and um, they also get visibly frustrated at you. So, like these types of experiences I, aren't fun. But I get more frustrated not from being able to not communicate with them than it is to have toxic comms with people which i think could be another thing to you know address is like how do you address toxicity and comms in, in a competitive game mm. yeah, yeah. it's a topical one as well but mm -hmm. um 
Yeah, it's 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 a hard uh, hard thing to do. I think like five man queue, uh, especially if we want to have something like tournaments. Yes. Um, like leading up to that makes perfect sense. Just have dynamic queue. Probably. Where would you four is already too much because, like, being the only guy in a in a match of four is not yeah. fun. So it's probably like. Dynamic queue, like one to three players, and then you have, um, then you cannot. Uh, I mean, what do you do with when you want to queue with four? How would you solve that? So you could um, have a flex queue where you could go into either and potentially get faster queue times. Sure. Um, sure. But yeah. like that's the that's the only solution that I think I've seen um, doing, yeah. or you just can't queue with four. <laughs> like you just yeah. can't. You play with five or you play three. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, you know, like yeah, I, there, there would have to be some some thing. Right? I'm still mega on board with like taking and and again, like maybe I'm just speaking completely out my rear end on this one, but taking what they've learned from Clash and how successful that seemingly has been. Again, I don't have access to any of their numbers, but I think it's just been a resounding success across a lot of different skill levels, and in a giant evolution past the five stack ladder. Because back in the day on League of Legends, you'd have a five stack ladder that just nobody played. Nobody cared. Like everybody was just solo duo queuing. Yeah. And that was just what they played. People, mm -hmm. there was like a, a small community there. You know, there were certain pro players, you know, in the early days that would play five stacks and, you know, trying to climb the ladder. And it didn't really mean much because nobody really used it. And then eventually it just kind of got tossed to the wayside and scrapped. And Clash kind of is the what's 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 the term in movies? It's like the the soul not the soul band but the, the the spiritual successor there we go we got soul there. Band. the spiritual successor <laughs> i was close okay i was in the right realm the spiritual successor to five well, the five tech ladder is the you know the clash experience and i think that that's the i think the step the next step forward in terms of ranked for for valorant i think their i think my big problem is like their reasoning in this really doesn't make a lot of sense i i'm I'd kind of more attack it towards like the algorithm where it's like the team that has the group versus the team. That's just the individuals feels very skewed in one way and not the other. And it, it never feels good. If you're a four and one stack, right? Like you have a, a group of four people and an extra person versus just a bunch of individuals that the skill disparity between that is supposed to be made up by the communication that the group brings. It's never the case. So you have just like massive mechanic disparity and you just in my in my experience and I can only speak from my experience. Hmm. I feel like you just get like monstered. And it's usually not close. The more people it feels like the more people that you play with algorithmically puts you like in a weird space and it doesn't seem to work. Maybe that's just an overarch thing. We'll see. I don't know. I so I'd my like understanding is that they don't do they don't account for skill differences. They just match you up with larger group sizes. Mm, they got it. Well, obviously they can't all the time. So they yeah. have to make some exceptions and say, okay, well, we have a three stack and you have a four stack. So we can justify this by giving them like a couple extra better teammates to kind of weigh that out. Like yeah, there's, there's, ways there's of them guarantee to be a, uh, an algorithmic yeah, it's not a way guarantee. to apply to yeah, every it. more yeah. uh, teammate you have. Like, like the the skill level, let's say you have a an average MMR, right, of everyone in the game. 
mm-hmm. then there would be an, a certain weight applied to you being grouped with, yeah. or like people being grouped. So everyone's solo queue, everyone's, let's say, at 3k MMR, uh, on average, they're personal, and then on one team, there's two being grouped. So that would put it at 350 MMR or something like yeah. that. Round about that way is probably how I envision that to work in basically every um, uh, ranking scenario where they probably have some win rate uh, data where they say, okay, here, like stacks are advantaged in terms of win rate by this much. Therefore, mm-hmm. this is the weight that makes sense here. Yeah, and uh, it should be that way as well. Ironically, <laughs> I don't know if I'm just playing with bad people constantly, but I sure. like if if I team queue, I always do worse than than. Yeah, I have a much worse win rate than when I play solo queue for. Some like reason. I won't, I won't put numbers to it, right? Maybe, maybe it's a social thing that you know you're not focusing the way you should in like a solo environment. I don't know what it is, but it seems like dynamic cues when you're playing in a dynamic queue or in a dynamic group let's say it feels like you do worse and i don't know if that's the algorithm i don't know if that's you know how matchmaking is balancing you i don't know if that's a social thing just feels worse so let's just keep it at solo and leave it as is like why do we why are we trying to get people to play together when you have your most successful the literally the only other title you've ever built granted i guess tft is a thing like you said it, kind of proving you wrong it, it doesn't i don't know it seems like the left hand and the right hand aren't well, speaking they want, much. But I mean, this is the same justification that Overwatch used, right? Is they want their game to be played in yeah. groups. They want people to play with sure. friends. And here's the thing, though. When you force me to do that or, or else I'm like severely handicapped in some way, mm-hmm. I'm just not going to play your game anymore. Like, that's just what ends up... First of all, when I want to play a game in a group, I raid with my friends in WoW. Like, that's, what I, that's my group right. game. That's that's my yeah. group time, and, and and you know what? If three friends are on and we want to hop in competitive queue, awesome. Like we'll we'll do that. But I also am like I remember going through placements, and some people were like, "Nah, man, I can't play unless we get a five stack." Like I don't want to play unless we get a. Yep, yep. Um, You're gonna get those people, and like and to their point, sometimes they're right. Sometimes it's just better to queue with people. It's just like factually, like you're going to climb more if you play with with people in some cases. Um, which, which kind of clouds the, the ranking. I don't know. I I'd like to leave it like, okay, unrated, you can flex, you can do whatever you want out of ranked, but in ranked, especially going to take one of Yiska's points on some of the earlier podcasts, if they're going to kind of incentivize you to place well on the ladder, either with like cash bonuses or, you know, some sort of merch reward, do you want to kind of cloud that with dynamic queue? I don't know. I think it's, it would be just yeah. better if you just left it alone in this, yeah. you know, isolated chamber and you walk in yeah, and yeah. get tested and yeah. you go, go from there. There's no, there's no boosting. There's no playing with friends that are better than you. There's no carrying. It's just you against the world and you get placed. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Maybe, but maybe that's another ladder that they haven't established yet. Who knows? Like again, still beta. It's like, I mean, there's, there's ways that they can break this up that I would be happy with. Um, mm. But just saying only dynamic queue for me, it just feels like an oversight. Yep. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, we need to move on from that and talk about the patch notes. So on May 12th, we did get a pretty big patch. Lots of, lots of changes and fixes. 
Uh, it's kind of broken up based up on on weapons and combat, heroes, ability tuning, and then just like a general map and econ stuff. Uh, let's go to weapon and combat first, and I'm just gonna hit the big ones. Uh, no, you can no longer uh, enter walking accuracy during your run to stop transition. So this is more of a like a graphical fix than than um anything but essentially what it appear what appears to happen is um when you go from running to walking mm-hmm. you your accuracy goes up right but some people it appears that and, and this again kind of has to do with just like the latency of the server and and all that kind of stuff but it, but it basically appears that they're shooting accurately while they're running and then they they slow down and stop afterwards. So uh, they fixed... Or not at all, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they fixed the, the the kind of bug or whatever, and whether it's kind of graphical or underlying or both. Uh, but that's a pretty big one, I think, right? Um, tap and burst firing efficiency increase as well. And your base walk accuracy has been decreased from 0.6 to 0.8 degrees. You're you're cringing, Joe. I mean, it's it's less to do with cringe, and it's it's a lot of little things that kind of just go over my head. Um, mm-hmm. like Dreams pointing out in chat, like this this kind of random jargon of tap efficiency. Like I don't know. They try to just they they try to explain it, but I really don't feel like it does a good job of conveying mm. what they mean if they mean anything different. I don't know. Maybe um, recall reset between like if you just one tap. And I would imagine that's what that means, like right? That. Yeah, I've got to imagine that's exactly what they're trying to say. But they yeah. get to that conclusion like really. But that weird. number makes no sense. Like yeah, that it's just might it's as well an be arbitrary number. And right. I, I just go, yeah, that's ten million. That makes perfect sense. Like, yeah, it's just it. They grade it on a scale from like one to ten, and yeah. it can mean whatever they want it to. I don't know. It's it's just it's a very weird justifier. Like I appreciate the the transparency, but yeah, I don't know what a lot of this stuff genuinely yeah. means um it's, stuff like this makes my eyes just glaze over and it's just like okay less accurate more accurate just give me the tldr i don't know what any of this means that's that's the one thing stupid. that i'm i'm missing even though it's a super 1990 um like technology is the console like console oh, yeah, with, yeah, yeah. with like everything in there like you want to change your mouse sense okay open console open console yeah mouse console mouse x you know these types types of things or even though interpret you could set yourself there for a time i remember we were playing ridiculous interps in 1.3 um but yeah that that type of stuff is kind of like that's that's almost in the essence of the the FPS player, I feel like, mm-hmm. like these startup configs and that type. But oh, yeah, yeah, it's it's super like old old school stuff. But just to be able to, for instance, like sit in a practice range and be able to tinker around with these um, values to get a, a feel for that yourself through the console, that would be pretty dope. Um, 
would probably also lead to people having a better idea how things interact and how to come up with suggestions for um for balance changes, game balance changes yeah. but yeah i mean it it is super like last two decades ago that type of uh, way to basically sure. soft code your own game experience and having to learn all these commands right yeah i mean this stuff in general like it seems goodish i don't know like the tap efficiency feels I don't, I don't know it doesn't feel any different i don't know we're, we're just too bad to notice it, uh it definitely is probably the case that we're just not like noticing I, anything i think I'm, I'm i'm down behind the rationale for all of these changes i don't know if yeah. the number changes are right because again like we don't know what four to six is realistically yeah. four to six is just a representation probably of a scale of multiple variables we don't really know what those are, um, but yeah. So realistically, it's probably something like that, and we just don't know specifically what it is. Um, but overall, like the, I think the the justification for it is is okay, and I do agree. I think people were a little bit too mobile with their accuracy prior to this patch. In the sense that it felt like you could move a little bit too much for the the type of damage that you were being rewarded for, and the uh, mm-hmm. the lack of um, punishment, yeah, the lack of yeah. inaccuracy that came from that. So, uh, yeah, Vandal <laughs> and Phantom tap efficiency increased and gun recovery time reduced. Okay. Um, this is kind of a big one. So the Aries, the price reduced from seventeen hundred to sixteen hundred. The firing error reduced, and they reduced the yaw recoil after eight bullets. Basically, it got a pretty big buff. And some yeah. people have said, or are saying, or and I haven't actually followed up on this too much, that the Aries could replace the Scepter in a lot of situations as a, as an early game, like half by. Uh, gun thoughts. I I like the idea. Like it's an interesting thought, especially like hot off the patch. Specter, right? not scepter. Thank you. With testing it, I don't think the Aries, like it's it's costed aggressively, one hundred percent. Like I would agree with that. Like having the same price point as a uh, specter is aggressive so that's definitely pushing people in a direction but this gun is still like key garbage it spreads all over the place it, it does pretty low damage it has a giant clip i mean it's somewhat useful but i don't see it kind of replacing the specter i think the specter just in general way more accurate is more, more damage uh, but it's so the the idea behind the areas though is is like you're kind of pre-firing right like you're it, it takes it's the ramp up to get to the the like peak accuracy and damage and while i would agree like the first 10 or so bullets or whatever are uh-huh. are are pretty shit. i think that the after that from and again from what i've seen from like good players i think yeah. that 
there there are at the very least cases that to be made that if you are attacking or defending certain parts of the map that it wouldn't be a that it would be a better choice than a specter Is that a question? I don't know. Uh, just, ge- just kind of, just a statement. It's just a conversation. It's a podcast. No, no, no. I, 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 totally I just don't out. know. I, I don't know anything about the weapon. I should have probably just tried it out for shit, shits and giggles. I, I played the... with it a little earlier. I just don't think it's. It doesn't like. It seems okay as like a mid to close, but I, I really don't see a use for it. Like people are in chat are saying it's area control. It doesn't seem. Stronger I don't think than it's utility control. I I don't see. I don't see a use for it. I think the specter is better. It it is it is interesting to kind of look at in general with how some of these guns are designed. If that makes sense, like they're 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 really pricing some of these lower cost guns pretty uh, aggressively. So they're making them really low cost, but they have like a lot of utility. So you can ADS with them. The Bucky obviously was a was a topic a couple of shows ago that has like an, uh, a range increase on it, which, again, I think is dangerous. Um, what you kind of don't want to have happen is. With a couple extra balance changes, you know, with what's happening with the Aries, you get like this force by meta where you're just trying to maximize your dollar spent in terms of, you know, strength on each round. And you're just trying to have like this consistent throughput where it's like, I can I can buy this gun. It's cheap. It doesn't matter if I don't have an AK because it still does like a, a similar job, not the not the same job, but a similar job and it's with a similar strength. That's what you kind of don't want. And I worry that with these price reductions on these guns and they're trying to make what are effectively just bad guns be good guns. And they're trying to balance like all of these guns. It. It, it feels like we could get to that point in the future. It, I think they're just going always going to be bad guns. We don't need to balance them. They'll find a niche use and they'll be fun to use. We don't need we don't need LMGs to be strong. Interesting. I disagree, but okay. I, I guess I wouldn't say strong playable. OK. I think LMGs should be playable. I think that they should have their niche. I think that there should be places that you want to use one. I don't know if I like it being a default better pick over the other, um, like SMGs, right? That that's what they're called. Yeah. That, that's yeah. Spectres, so, SMG. Yeah, Spectre, like, I don't know if LMGs they should just be universally ones. better. I don't think that that's okay. good balance either, but I think that there are probably parts on maps where you know it's better to 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 hold an LMG over an SMG and to balance toward that I think is a good thing. I I I have to defer to CS here and I don't want to but I really can't find it has like the Negev ever been useful? I wouldn't know. Yeah, I I don't since I, the I, rework, I, I, I haven't played or fought much CS. I mean, but. CS in, in the same way is, is kind of having that same problem where they're like, oh, okay, well, we're going to change it a little bit and we're going to try and spice it up and we're going to, you know, drop the price on it. I really don't think it gets used. I just don't know that they're super useful unless you add some sort of like suppression mechanic, which that gets into some wonky territory. 
Um, it's just about putting putting damage and hitboxes out there in a game that's like hyper focused on one taps to the head. I mean, not hyper focused, but you get the gist of it. Like it, it's about accuracy. It's not about just putting bullets down the range. So I, I really I don't know that they even have a room for it, like LMGs and these types of games. I just don't think they should be in here. They just don't make sense. I mean, they're fun just to screw around with. And I'm not I'm, I'm definitely not a CSGO guy. So like I, I get that I have I'm totally ignorant on like what works in that game. And, and I also understand that CSGO is kind of like. It's, you know, it's, it's like League of Legends is to MOBAs what CSGOs is to like kind of that style of like arena FPS shooter type of thing. And if you're going to make something Uh in that genre, there are certain like design principles that you don't break. And if that's, if LMGs are one of those, then fine. For me, it just sounds like they're just taking a different approach to LMGs and how it's balanced. It's also my understanding that like Valorant maps are far more tubular and, and tunnel-y and, and cornery than uh, CSGO is, which I think incentivizes you to pre-fire corners more, which could, like, you know, believe. So you're saying because there's more LMGs, corners? Maybe? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm... Seems more bangable. Like, the... I mean, sure, but is that really what you want to do is you want to force attacking teams to like, again, like vacuum vacuumizing the argument for a second. Um, Do you want to force teams to just like try to pre-fire every corner because there's just a lot of of corners? Right. Like that's not. And and again, I I don't I don't want LMGs to be that and I don't want map design to be that. But recognizing that there are situations that I feel like that is especially effective and having a gun that is better at that, that's an LMG, I think is a okay design decision. And I don't think that, well, they don't do that in CSGO is quite enough to not do it in Valorant. Hopefully the argument isn't being viewed as hand wave. CSGO doesn't do this. It's more of these don't work in CS. They've never worked at least in my discussion and in my, you know, uh, How much are the they, LMGs in CSGO? They're like, definitely a lot more. Okay, like maybe that is too, because like we're still talking 1,600, right? We're talking... 1,600, but the damage is like not good. We're, we're still talking 1,300 less than your, you know, your AR totally. at that point, right? Still, like, doesn't do damage, though. Takes like three to the head. It's a lot. Yeah, but the ramp up and fire speed is... As three to the head, though. I can one you... I can, I can sheriff you in the face... I can buy a Vandal, I can buy a Phantom. Spectres too, and they're quick. I don't know. I just don't I don't think the gun's good. All right. We're gonna I do, we're, let's just we'll just watch. We're gonna see what happens sure. with the with Could the very areas we'll in the future. We'll we'll see how the, the pros are using it. I know sure. I'm I'm interested to see now with this buff. I wanna see if anyone's using them in Valhalla in the Valhalla tournament this weekend. Um, I'll be watching all those games, so uh, I'll let you know how that plays out in pro play at the very least and see if we see any play there. But we got to move on, and let's talk about heroes. Sage's slow orb duration reduced from 9 to 7. The slow uh, speed has been reduced from 65 to 50%, so if you're walking in the the ice, your uh, speed is reduced. Instead of by 65%, it's only by 50%. And, um, yeah, so those are big changes. And here's, 
actually I want to talk about that other part of for a second. So overall, Joe, how do you feel about you know Sage is obviously the number one picked hero in or agent yeah. in the game, right? By far. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got a powerful kit. Um well, they seven. they changed the slow orb. They also adjusted that her barrier orb costs a hundred more now. So instead of three hundred, it's four hundred. Um, are these in kind of alignment of the changes you want to see to Sage? Uh, I think in general, they've, they've tackled it in a subtle way. Um, I, I still think that barrier orbit is, is very strong, but they're, they're making it cost a little bit more is, is a, is definitely a, an interesting way to balance it. I, I still think it's pretty busted. Um, I think the slow orb is much more in line with, what would be viewed as reasonable like the area is significantly reduced the duration significantly reduced feels better doesn't feel as oppressive but i don't think that really strips sage of of any of her power i think she's a little bit weaker on pistol rounds because she can't just roll out with a ghost and a wall um if i'm mathing correctly at least i i heard as much so I think that that helps in certain circumstances, but I, I don't see this as being the change that really plummets her out of out of vogue. I think she's still incredibly strong. The healing is a definite, you know, hasn't been touched. I don't think it's that that huge of a deal. It's definitely a, a, a plus point for her, but I like I like where they're headed with the slow orbs. I still think wall needs to be changed, either duration or or just like health pool wise on on each segment, but. What are you gonna do? I don't know. I think this is fine. It's a good step in the right direction. I'd say with Sage. I like I like the fact that they are balancing with the like the prices in mind. I like that, mm-hmm. and it feels significant. Yeah, like it's, it's not your pistol rounds are capped now. Like your choice is either ghost or wall. Yep, and that's a big difference. But also it adds up. I felt like these hundred like. Well, you pretty much use every round, right? Mm-hmm. And that hundred that was losing more, that actually added up. Where I'm oh, like, yeah. oh yeah, I actually can't buy two slow ups here. And they did that okay. across the board, which we'll get to. Like, there's a lot of abilities that have been increased in terms of price, which I think is, yeah. I think I like that idea in general. It's just like making the economy just a little bit more punishing and yeah. increasing that utility cost and making people like really feel like they're investing into something rather than just well i buy all my utility i buy a gun and we go it's no it's like it's a little bit more strategic now which i like yeah what are what are your thoughts on them describing sage as the premier staller i mean i think it's accurate um i mean is it do we want a specific like hero being a premier like this is the good staller like, do you I mean the second best staller is uh, Cypher, which well, probably they give... is much less overpowered, right? Uh, is it Cypher? I think I think there's there's definitely a bunch of heroes that I think I I wouldn't be mad at, but I think Cypher's definitely up there for sure. But he also ha- they've also given him like the premier like information gatherer, right. so is. Maybe that's a question that we could ask is like, well, what if you have an agent that does two really, really well? Is that something you want? Is that overpowered? 
I don't know. I guess I, that's more of an internal yeah. question. I'd say that if if they do both roles really, really well, and those are the two roles that you're kind of going to develop, then maybe he needs to. Really I guess it depends on how many get cut down. How many agents we end up having, right? Like right now, sure. it's probably fine to have a premier staller, but if you have thirty agents and only one is a premier staller, then like what? Yeah. What's the, the thing. The, the thing agents, really is. Right? You're, you're actually right, John, when you asked, like, is Cypher the second? Because Cypher shouldn't be. He is, but it should be Viper. I think that's w Viper. Yeah. I'd say Braze is definitely up there. She just puts damage out there and yeah, but says it, you can't. He has so many abilities that he can spam. He's got flashes and he doesn't even have to be viewable. He can just do it behind walls and around corners. Yeah, it's stalling on a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it depends on how we It's a different type of stall, yeah. right? Yeah. Like only one... Only one... Um, only one hero has a impenetrable, well, not impenetrable wall, but a wall that physically requires you to shoot or yeah. wait. Yeah. Um, everything yeah. else is like, how long, like, do I go through? Now, Cypher, to be fair, Cypher became at worse at stalling uh, because his cage no longer slows enemies as they move mm -hmm. through it. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't think that changed much, to be completely honest, but. I don't didn't know make him better, but yeah, it uh, definitely didn't yeah. make him better, but I don't think it mattered. Yeah. And I agree. I and that's I why I don't know if I put Cypher as the, the staller. Um, yeah. The thing is, I think at a high level, it does stall because like, yeah, you don't want to push. You gotta, yeah. You don't want to push. I mean, I mean, you can, but like, you got to figure out the camera first. Sure. You gotta waste some utility in that term. You're not just gonna dry push these uh, these bomb sites that uh, Cypher would usually hold down, right? Like you want to push and probe, then maybe take the tripwire out. Like maybe you go in then, but mo most of the time you just waste cooldowns for a while. And Sage was just like ridiculous at that. She could yeah. just like. Day one, Sage could just lock down an entrance on a bomb site, literally for the entire round. I still, it, I still like think she's doing timing. that though. Like, with with the piece I wrote about like mouse boss, like Wardell does yeah. that on Haven C all the time. Like they, yeah. he will put, he will be the one sole agent holding C site. Yeah. Like a team will push through like C short and like kind of muscle their way in, and he just walls them off, and they have to work their way back. Like they're not going to yeah. sit there and try to push through. Like it, yeah. it physically removes you from pushing through that choke point. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Because if you if you shoot, you you have to kind of like coordinate exactly one person shooting. It doesn't really get through. He yeah. can position. You can start calling yeah. rotations. It's not. It just physically stops you from. It literally locks you down. I think that's still where I would want Sage to be balanced. I think the slow orb definitely feels nicer. It's not as big. It's not as long. Great. The wall is is where I I, I come to come to come to blows with riot and it's like we've learned in many games one of one of which you've developed altering the terrain of the map not necessarily the the subtle you know unique ability that you think it is it's just insane it's just very very good so you need mm -hmm. to balance elsewhere to make that fall in line or make that kind of fit the average or you just make it less good
Here's the thing. Wall, imagine Wall as an ultimate that only requires three blocks. Yes. Wow. Be a good, good ultimate. I think it is a strong. Yeah, I would. I would definitely put it up there. Like, I think that would be a fun ultimate to have over Rez. Like, leave it as is and just move it to alt and then give her some other like utility. I like that a lot. Uh, I don't know. I think, and we saw this quite a bit um, in Valhalla where teams are just like, if a wall goes up, they shoot down the wall and then they go and regroup and, and go another way. Now they have the option to come back if they want to, or they don't. Um, you just kind of, basically you just negate it and you make sure that you don't die. The only, the only time that the wall gives you information is if you, the sage know that she's, if the sage is blind walling, they don't know that you're there. Um, which sure maybe happens sometimes, not as often as I think maybe is being uh, led to believe here. It's you know, so you just the wall goes up, you shoot it. You sometimes have one people, sometimes have two people shoot it, so you don't tell you know give away too much information, and then you go through one of the many other ways to one of the many other sites. Like it's unfortunate if. Uh, you decided to go all five down C long on Haven and a wall goes up and then you're like, well, crap, like there goes our speed and surprise. But at the same time, unless that's round one, pretty much nowhere Sage is defending anyways. I mean, mean, you have maps, three sites. There's definitely more angles that it's a gamble on exactly where she's putting her, her, you know, her body, her avatar. Um, is it A? Is it C? Is it B? You know, if it's split, you have a 50 50 on where it's going to be, and then multiple other if angles that she could be holding. up their defenders every round, which does happen, should be done. Yeah. It should it should be done more. I would just, and again, mm. I'm I'm not <laughs> by no means yeah. uh, like uh, uh, the best player, right? So, but like in Valhalla, we didn't really see it. It's like no cipher. You have. Cypher and yeah. Sage holding down C. So Cypher holds down Siege, uh, C. Sage holds down Garage and helps C. And then, sure. um, yeah, and like that was just kind of a general thing. Like that's where Sage and Cypher go on Haven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't think that it's ever better to change that, even if you don't know all of a sudden where the wall's going to go. But that also means as an attacking team, mm. you... Maybe, yeah. We'll you see. know, you know where, and it, like, I don't think that that's gonna stay that way forever, for what it's mm-hmm. worth. But I think for right now, that's how it's kind of been playing out. Yeah, I, I also. I, if I okay. only hit, if I only hit two sheet people shoot into my wall and they, they actually destroy one, you bet I'm, dry peeking them, uh, like, hearing the reload click instantly. Or like even towards the tail end of their uh, their spray. Of course, like very good players will at the tail end, if they're actually completely spamming into it, will still have control over their spray where they could flick up. But that seems it seems super safe that, to just like. But also, it's you you break it down to twenty percent, then you reload, and then you finish the remaining twenty percent. It's not a technically a time loss. Like there's good big brain player waves ways to like bypass that i agree if you spam it all and you're on your last 10 percent of your ammo (laughs) finishing the wall and you're just 
sitting in the open, like, yeah, well, at that point, I think you probably deserve to die, too. I, th I think if people do that against you, you just mend the wall. Like, let's say uh, on C-Long, you just yeah. wall up, and left side is one of you, right side is one of yeah, you. Yeah. If that is a predictable thing, like, you, you just swing in. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think, in general, there is counterplay. I also think that the wall is very likely better in solo queue, where it's like oh, you've just sure. controlled space so much, mm -hmm. especially mid control. Sure. Yeah. Almost every map is nuts because of it. And we, we, we can talk about that maybe not being as much the case anymore with split because mm -hmm. of the spawn door. But um, yeah, in, in general, I still think like the, the utility and like the the dimensions you can use wall with is pretty nutty. Yeah. Like for instance, what you what we sometimes do, and this is very wacky, but like it works. So mm. it, it ain't stupid. Is on um on B um Haven, right? The that's the three three bomb yep. side map. Yep. We go behind the point okay. with an AWP and a vandal. And yeah, just I boost ourselves time. over the the queue, yeah. uh, and just peek into window mm -hmm. round about the start of the round, and that is a pretty like it's a pretty sizable off angle. Yep. People usually when they swing would uh, swing onto the corners, expecting people down, and you're just there and can pick them off, and the PK's advantage doesn't matter that much. Like type of st that stuff is just cutesy, uh, and vertical movement with it in some clutch situations is also like super valuable. It's requiring people to uh, it, otherwise, it's not essentially different from any other utility that's forced out, where you rotate off and have it wasted. Right, I agree with that definitely. Yeah. I'm sure we will talk about Sage many a time on this show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's let's talk. So Cipher Cage, we kind of touched on it briefly. No longer slows enemies through it, and they increase the spy pam spy cam cooldown from thirty seconds to forty five seconds. Good I think changes. Both fair changes. the yeah. The justifications were pretty good. Like they were just a little, mm -hmm. you know, people were a little too aggressive with the spy cam. Um, that's fine. I get it. Uh, Omen. Uh, smoke duration uh, increased from 12 seconds to 15 seconds. Dark smoke projectile increased uh, the speed, and the cooldown was increased slightly from 30 to 35 seconds. They said they wanted to bring him a little bit more in line with Brimstone, who, uh, you know, by far right now is the, the strongest smokes in the game. Um, and to be fair, though, like, we, uh, I was talking with Avril about this, and he... And this is this was last Sunday, so these pa this patch wasn't even out yet. Sure, he he thinks that Omen um, should be the 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 fifth best hero in um in in the game right now. Which I can't remember who said what where. I agree, April. Um, I agree. Didn't I say Omen was five? My, I, don't I don't know. I can't remember. Anyways, uh, which which I agree. And this, I think I put Brim, and then he put Brim at four. We were talking about it. We were talking about our power breakers. He put Brim at four. I wonder if this will switch those two for him. 
uh, or not. Because is it the I think it just is a choice. Now you have a choice. It doesn't have to be Brim. It feels like in the past there was a lot of teams that were trying Omen. I think it was more just like player driven. Whereas it's like I feel more comfortable on Omen than I do on Brim. So we're just going to play Omen, and it just feels like a, a worse Brimstone. Now I think there's more of a discussion around. Bring, like you said, and like Riot said, bringing Omen in line with Brimstone, so it's a choice where it's like they do similar jobs, one a little bit differently than the other. I think that, I think that was already kind of the case, and I think this just pushes them up a little bit mm. more in line. But yeah, so it's a nice little buff there. Yeah, I like it. Uh, we saw Viper Snake Bite uh, Radius increase from 350 to 450. She needs more love, guys. Come on, Riot. You got a dead you got a dead agent on your hands. Um, she needs some love. Uh I'm not a dead agent, to be fair. And she's only used on one map. Better than Phoenix. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But yeah, I guess. And, and like I get like I get and better than Jet too, honestly. Sure. Uh, but uh they at least have play and, and like ladder and stuff like that. Whereas Viper, I think, is just underplayed in competitive and under underplayed on ladder. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Um, I just I don't think she's that bad. I just think that um she's not like, that, like it just <laughs> I I don't like the fun argument. I don't like fun. Fun is subjective. We've got we've got empirical like you said, she's not being played in both both, you know, settings. We need to, she needs some love. She needs some changes. Not well, we're just bringing her in line with everybody else. No, yeah, the, the, this is a small one. I think, I, I wonder how the map changes on split specifically. Um, help, help out Viper, or if they don't Good. at all. Yeah, I don't know. That's, I mean, that's like the only map that we're really seeing her, which I don't hate, right? If the, but I think this is, I think this would sway my opinion if Riot came out and said like, we're going to have a lot of agents or we're not going to really have like a big cast of agents. If we want to have a lot of agents, then fine. Like we can have, you know, agents that are kind of designated per the map and per the style that's, you know, good at the moment. That's fine. You know, mm -hmm. you're going to have dead agents regardless. But if we're going to keep things small. I, I, I would hope that she has more use, like she has to have something that makes her more unique than just being played on one map sometimes for some teams. Uh, you know, though, like thinking about, go ahead. Yes, guys. Sorry, you're about to. No, no, no. Uh, go, go on. I was going to say, I think though that they're probably like in the long run, Viper might be properly balanced and the four to five players who are, or agents that are always getting played might just be overtuned. Like, isn't that kind of the, kind of the thing? Like, don't you want agents that excel in certain scenarios on certain maps like especially I, once we're, we're going to be up to 14 sure. i think by the time launch uh, happens and then we know that they've got more planned from there mm -hmm. uh like you know in the end don't you want instead of this you know rotating four or five uh agents don't you want nine or ten that are only seen on certain certain maps I want that if we're going to have a big pool of agents and that's something that Riot can clarify. Um, but as of right now, it's more of a severity argument that she's too niche. I'd like her to be a little bit more useful rather than in this scenario, one map sometime. I, I, I tend to agree. Yeah. 
But if but if we're going to have a big cast, then fine. She can stay where she's at, you know, maybe give her like some more niche buffs to maybe her mm. resources, stuff like that. That doesn't really change her identity. Sure. That's fine if we're going to have a lot of different agents. But if we only have a small cast and one of them's just dead like Jet again, I don't know what you do to Jet to make her just better because I think she's either going to be insane or useless. Vipers on that edge where it's like she's kind of left of center right now. But if we bring her back in line with some love. That isn't just, well, her radius with her Molly's just, you know, on, on par with everybody else's like that doesn't. Yeah, that's just average now. Like give her give her yeah. something that makes her more unique. Give her something that's going to push people into playing her, not. And maybe the maps in the future just make her better and just possibly maybe, possibly maybe it's just Haven and Bind can't deny into, that. into her maps. Totally. Got to give you that. Uh, ability tuning. Uh, B hopping Yiska. B hopping just got the big nerf here. The uh, the height required to jump out of um, area of denial area of denial abilities increased from eighty to one twenty, and the tick speed for incendiary fireball and snake bite uh, was increased as well. See, I'd so. like this. Like this is like if we just we just stop saying incendiary fireball and just said snake bite. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. If we just increase the damage tick rate for Viper, just across the board on her wall, on her smoke, on her poison, you know, her splash, I'm like, okay, that could be interesting. I'm not a big fan of increasing just direct damage done to the player through abilities, because again, at the end of the day, I think you should still want to have the guns be the damage dealers and just leave the utility to the abilities. But increasing the tick rate on like this healable damage taken, I don't hate. I think that that would be an interesting point, but yeah, just a further, further remove be hopping is, is, you know, kind of a drat for me. I like seeing players, you know, do stuff that normal people can't do because they've, you know, practice it and gives you that pretty high skill ceiling. I hope they keep it in the game. They say they want to, but everything so far tells me that they don't. So we'll see. Well, it doesn't completely Take no, it, it doesn't, but it's, I mean, we got it removed with Sage's Slow Orb. Now it's with AOD spells. It's, you might as well just, I don't know. Like, I'm sure there's always going to be a use for it, but I thought it was cool before. It's not going to like completely turn me off of the game. And I don't think it's really turning anybody off of the game, but it's like, come on. I wish we would have kept it. I thought it was cool. All right. Last thing before we have to get out of here, Yiska, I'm throwing this one to you. Let's talk economics a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, the max credit cap was reduced from 12,000 credits to 9,000 credits. Uh, we've had a lot of discussions about econ. How do you feel about um, not being able to pocket those additional 3,000 credits? That's actually huge, I feel. Like, that's a big change. Big change. Um, like, you've got to juggle economy a little bit more between teammates now where you know you know the guy that has to die every round even though he's stomping bro i'm right here that guy needs to be bought for mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. um how does that work by the way if you request a vandal and i buy it for you do you get my skin i think pretty sure oh just like dropping it um okay um but yeah, uh, I, I think it's a pretty big one and it's it's kind of 
like limits how far away, how far, how far ahead you can get the game. That's basically mm -hmm. a thing. Like it's a full buy round less uh, that you can save up, and I kind of like it actually. I think I, that that's a positive. Um, it disincentivizes arping even more. I feel where it disincentivizes arping. Okay. If you're at 12k, you might as well, right? With, with uh, the op, <laughs> like guess. it's. Let's say the the op is in most cases a 10% better weapon in a specific angle that you want to hold, okay. and you had 12k. Uh huh. You might as well, I guess. You can eat that that 4.5k way easier, or let's say the additional 1.6k that you pay in on top of what you would have for yeah. battle, right? So um, that hurts significantly less when I'm at 12k and might win the next round as well, where I don't have to buy and, you know, like, live, than at 9k. At 9k, I can't buy back-to-back -back ops when, I, when I'm losing, right? Sure, yeah. With all the utility, like, that you might use, as well as armor and, and stuff like that. So... Um, I think in that regard, it matters. Um, and still, I kind of like it simply because like getting away with the game is a, is a little punishing, especially on uh, on attack. Like if they string some rounds against you, de defense is already favored. Um, it it helps also seemingly with team morale. Like, I'm not sure how much people keep up with economy on the scoreboard. Like, I've talked to people who don't look at the enemy economy at all. And that's very interesting. Yeah. Because it definitely Bro, affects right how I here. play. Just kidding. <laughs> um, how, they, how they perceive the next round to be. Mm -hmm. But it's like, or what they think to be encountering. Like, if someone has a lot of money. Then it's like, oh yeah, this guy has a lot of money. Is what I'm thinking in my mind. This might be an op on uh, on A, right? Uh, let's say split or on long, um, directly looking at orb of the, at the orb angle, right? So I f I feel like it could feel a little demoralizing being down so much economy in comparison, but. Yeah, I mean, the big thing is the gameplay uh, effect of just yeah. having like one less pu uh, buffer of um, buy round that uh, team had that was winning ridiculously. Definitely kind of stops you from just like snowball snowballing out of control with like the first like five or six rounds. Like it still kind of gives you a a way back in there's more of a, a, a kind of catch-up not drastically much more but definitely can kind of uh, beat people on ecos that they're having to take more of now um again that along with the ability or uh, the major a good amount of the abilities or the, the the spells in the game being increased in terms of cost i think is a good thing um yeah, I like I like more tactical ideas. I like more punishment on on the economy side, and it's always been kind of a a staple of these kind of tactical shooters. I, I like that a lot, and I think they're bringing that more in line with what I'd like to see. I think the economy is something that we still haven't fully 
like just as a community in general, like fully kind of like gotten to a point where there's a, a really clear like feeling and understanding on it. Like there's still just so much being changed and, and, and learned about sure, yeah. um, every week. Um, teams are approaching things differently. And, and so um, I don't know. I'm a, uh, I'm optimistic that th- I think this is a good change, right? I mean, effectively, like if we wanted to simplify it down to, you know, like it's most simple thing, you're essentially pulling away one full buy round away from a, a, a cap team or a team that's very much ahead. Right. So, you know, like that's significant. Totally. So, um, yeah. <sighs> All right. Uh, we're not going to really talk about this. We probably should. But we're actually going to just get out of here. But there was a bunch of map changes, uh, specifically for mm-hmm. split on barriers, and they removed and and changed some walls and hallways and things to open it up a little bit, make it a little less uh, high ground defense driven, um, and I think overall good. Like I haven't heard anybody say like oh no these are the bad changes i think some people are wanting more some people wanted different ones but i don't know of anybody who's hey i don't know anybody who likes to play split who isn't a viper main and sure. i don't know anybody who's saying that split is is the best map right now so hey yeah it's not yeah as, as far as uh, go away with ropes, <laughs> ropes yeah. are so unfun. Jesus yeah, Christ. I, don't, I don't like them. Like I don't like that skill thing there. Yeah. Like, but isn't it, can that just be another like a you learn b hopping, you learn rope climbing. And What's shooting. there to learn with it? Up down. Up, down. Have you seen some up. of the? Have you seen some of the people like shoot up and down and like? Yeah, I mean, you still get like this dumb bloom on it. I don't know. Just yeah, that's fair. I mean, I don't like it. I hate mechanic it. that they put in the game. It, yeah. yeah, it's just like making positions where you have to jump down to give be me, accessible. Give me vent stairs. Just give me vent stairs. Yeah, that's that's what we're yep. gonna get. Uh, tournaments this weekend or that are either going on or um, we have Valhalla, which I will be hosting on Sunday. Absolute Masters, the Solari Cup. And then the Mandatory Cup actually finished, but it was a pretty good one, so I recommend going back. Team Hip coming in, I think, second. So Fish 1, 2, 3 up there. Definitely Fish 1, 2, 3, one of those keep your eyes on. early teams to to watch. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's get out of here. Uh, and before we do, uh, let's thank our iTunes reviews, Joe. Who's who we got? iTunes, we've got Jerobi37. Thank you for supporting the show. And if you, you know, are uh, are, are pinching some pennies during COVID, don't feel bad. Just go on iTunes. If you want to support the show, leave a comment. You know, we, we love and appreciate that. And we'll shout you on the show if you make sure you leave your name. And uh, yeah, it helps a lot. It helps with, you know, the algorithm and the magic that uh, it brings us. It definitely helps a ton. And you know, we, we appreciate your, your support. Yay. Uh, Yiska subs. What subs do we have during the show today? Uh, what? How would I collect that information? There, Did you write that down? It's literally stuff? down in the closing areas. Pretend I just said, who are the patrons? Yeah, who are the patrons? 
We don't uh, have patrons, but we know. don't have patrons. See, I stop trolling. Um, wait, where <laughs> is that? Uh, I'm not, we're just gonna see. I'm not can... even gonna lie. I don't know how to say the second one. To be fair, not that he's. Wait, how do you find? Did you just scroll up in chat? Or no, no. He. What if they I... were? What if they were just in the show notes where we put all Thank the show notes for the week? To big yogurt and not a season for your support. Thank you so much. We love you. We appreciate your money that you you gave to us. Your your subage. Oh, thank you. For the bottom you of find it, Yiska? <laughs> yeah, I was on first on the first episode. I was like, what what are you talking about? Even though I read the the rest of the notes. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So <laughs> happens. Was, maybe that's why you're a little quiet on the episode. Is you're like, when are they going to talk? Like you're coming up with all these ideas for topics that we discussed no, no, in episode no. one. <laughs> Oh, all right. Chat, thanks so much uh, for hanging out. You can find the show. Uh, we record live on Fridays at noon, twitch.tv slash kick tripod. Follow us on Twitter at uh, twitter.com slash spike drop and then follow us on YouTube at youtube.com slash spike drop. That's brand new. We'd really appreciate your sub there. We also would really appreciate your sub right here at twitch.tv slash kick tripod. We are over our 100 subscriber goal. So thank you so much. And thanks for helping us maintain that through this one. And uh, also help us if uh, you like the show. If you like Spike Drop and you're like, you know what? Overwatch, Overwatch League isn't really my earth thing. Uh, but I'm available Mondays and Wednesdays at noon. Come check out Tactical Crouch and uh, check out the live stream there. We love to hang out with you guys. And, you know, we're really close to partner. And so we really appreciate um, all the help that we can get in getting uh, there. Um, other than that, uh, Yiska, shout outs for the week and where can people find you? Um, as always, at Yiska out on Twitter, um, writing stuff for GG Recon. I'm upping my volume. I'm probably going to be at three pieces of Valorant next week. So stay tuned for that. Um, yeah, otherwise, um, looking forward to watching some tournaments and writing about that. So stay tuned for that. Sweet. Uh, Joe, what about you? What's going on? can find me on all the socials at Volamel. That's V-O-L-A-M-E-L. This week, we got to talk about Mouse Boss, who I think should be signed already. Um, definitely a, a big name. A lot of big names from CSGO, if you're familiar with that. But a lot of experience. Fantastic team. Very aggressive team. Super excited to see them progress in the Valorant esports space. But that's going to... that. Kind of feature slash profiles on gg recon definitely take a look at that and if you're more inclined for overwatch i uh i think today we just put out uh, the new new york excelsior i don't know why i had a minor stroke saying that but we we got there the new <laughs> new york excelsior we try try we uh we profile their their more aggressive turn and uh their their evolution from being you know the the turtle and uh being the hair so yeah check that out if you're an nyxl fan and if you're more inclined to overwatch nice uh as for me you can find me everywhere at kick tripod twitch.tv slash kick tripod youtube.com slash kick tripod and uh twitter.com slash kick tripod if you are at all interested in the race to mayhem type stuff that we've been doing, um, I've been posting kind of my workouts and post-workout stuff uh, on my Instagram, actually. So um, Instagram.com slash kick tripod or just kick tripod on Instagram. 
No, but uh, our gym, our CrossFit gym is downstairs. And so they let us borrow. We have a rower. I've got a 35 oh. and 50 pound dumbbell. And I think a 67 pound kettlebell. And then Katie's got a 22.5 pound dumbbell. I've got a couple ab mats. And nice. uh, yeah, so like we're able to do uh, like our, it's really cool. Our gym, they have like, if you have a home gym workout. And then if you have like a, partial gym workout and then if you have just like a completely i don't have any equipment workout and they post those every day for us to like stay active and so katie and i we've been doing row races it's where you row 100 meters and you try to land exactly on the 100 200 300 400 meters and if you Mm. land on it you don't have to do any burpees but if you're over or under any number of meters you have to do that many burpees so uh it's a really good workout just kind of back okay. and forth and a nice little competitive thing so yeah we've been posting all that there that's gonna do it for us though uh chat thank you again for hanging out we really appreciate you hope you had fun today we will be back on monday for tactical crouch and next friday for spike drop thanks again uh we'll see you guys next time Thanks.